Hi. Welcome to another Minor Details. Hey there. This is your boy, Chimp. What's up, Marcus? Hey, I'm Marcus. We're doing a second episode tonight. I figured that out today. You're Marcus? You just figured that yeah, out? Yeah, I just figured that out. Wow, congratulations, man. Thank you. Some people live their whole lives not knowing who they are, but you, 8 to 29, you know who you are. I'm 30. I don't know who you are. <laughs> there you go. That you just, you just turned that. 30. No. In March. March? No, February. When, February, sorry. Yeah, oh, one month February. Off. Yeah, 30 years old. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're bringing you another uh, music episode. We're going to start calling them Time for Tunes. Not to be confused with the Time Tiny for Tunes. tunes. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Time for Tunes episode. Tiny Tunes. It's going to be yet another series we're starting, which listen to some music. Tunes for Tunes. Last time Marcus had me react to some Rush. Hell yeah. And now he's going to react to some King Crimson. Just a little background. I'm, I've never listened to Bing King Crimson. Um, I, I purposely avoided listening to them when you wanted to speak about it. I do know one. But that's uh, no excuse for the last 30 years, though. Well, yeah, I, they just never been under my radar. And no one I know really likes them. More than likely, you've heard in the court of the Crimson King. Oh, no, I'm oh, 21st century schizoid man. I'm sure you've that heard this like song. That sounds like Crazy Train. Yeah, what do you think they got it from? <laughs> King Crimson? Now I have to play the song because you have to hear this. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, a little background. I have no clue. Um, I do like 70s, 80s music, that genre of music, but they just never been under my radar the only thing i know of king crimson really is the bass player what's the name of the bass player so you're talking about um in the 80s because that's that's the thing about king king crimson they started in 1968 and king crimson is still playing today but it's only um, the guitarist who's still the same robert fripp so there's been different iterations i would say four or five different iterations of king crimson in the 80s they had a really good lineup with tony levin on the bass tony levitt that's who i awesome. wanted to speak about real quick yeah he um i learned him first because he's a great bass player oh he's amazing and when i was playing bass for a little bit those his videos are the ones i was trying to learn from because i really like his style i really like how it's it's tight, but it almost sounds like loose. You know what I mean? Like his play style. Um, and I really enjoy his uh, his composition with the bass. How he approaches the bass. Because for one song in particular, a song called Sledgehammer, the bass line in that is sick. Like, I don't like the, uh, the rest of the song. Like, I, I do like the song as a whole, but the bass part is what I mostly concentrate on that. On that song tony levin if you didn't know he has been blogging since 1990 he's one of the earliest bloggers Early bloggers yeah he would take pictures and blog about um every tour he's he's been on so he still he's an does innovator. that yeah yeah absolutely i would say that um he plays the bass and he also plays this really cool thing called um i think it's called a stick man and it's kind of like what is that from it's a really unique let me give you a picture. Like eight or ten strings. Uh, let me look. Stickman instrument. <laughs> yeah, you looked up string. Uh, Stickman it's a on book. Wikipedia, and it's like a book. Ah, uh, I gotta look up Tony Levin. The philosophy of a stick becoming <laughs> a man, or is it the man that becomes? The it's stick? that thing he's playing. Oh, I seen that type of bass. Yeah, it's or instrument, whatever it is. Yeah, let me count the strings. One, three, four, five, six. Oh, so it's a twelve-string. It's basically a twelve-string guitar, but you see, there's no body. Yeah, see, it's just basically like a really fat neck, and then there, this is the pickups. I could totally be wrong, but I want to say maybe he start he he Chapman was one of the stick. earliest Chapman stick earliest musicians to use that type of body. Yeah, I mean. Um, when it came out, um, like you know, he he he's definitely one who who uses it, but it's just sick. It just he it's and what's really hard to play. The Chapman stick. Chapman stick. It was made by Emmett Chapman in the early seventies. Early seventies. So okay. he 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 has a band called Stickman, where I believe everyone plays the. <laughs> the what makes that instrument unique? 
Well, look, look. Um, he's playing it like you would like tap, like like, like a piano essentially. Is this like mostly a tap? tapping instrument yeah there's no strumming. No well, strumming i guess you could strum it but it's like like is that what you said there's a bridge is that a bridge or is there no bridge well, look it's, it's just one long neck yeah what about that little piece of tape looking thing this yeah what's that that's the pickups that's okay what, that's the pickups yeah that's that's translating the the sound waves into electrical impulses so anyway let's get into some music um i want to show a couple of songs I'm, I love King Crimson. Um, I love all the different iterations. And my favorite is the 1974 Red. That's one of the best albums. Definitely check it out. And then the 80s King Crimson is also really good. So it was hard for me to choose a couple of songs, but I got a couple here. We're going to start with uh, some live stuff. Oh, very quickly. I'm a drummer, so I'm definitely going to be looking at the drums on this and seeing how they use it and utilize maybe make it unique in their own view or their own sound. So just a little bit of background on me. I am a drummer. I have been playing for at least 15 years plus now. And when I hear new music, that's kind of what I naturally gravitate towards are the percussion. So I am definitely going to be interested on how they do their um, percussioning. And who is the drummer? Bill Bruford is Bill Bill, Bruford? Bill, 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 Bill Bill Bruford. He used to drum with Yes. And this okay. is and this is how how much he how much of a jazz artist I guess you could say he is cuz as as Yes was starting to get really big in mainstream like yours is no disgrace. Yeah. He said, "Nah, I'm going to go play with somebody else cuz I'm not going to I know I'm not going to be able to play the music I want to play with Yes. It's going to be all pop mainstream." Okay, so yeah, that's what I like about Yes sometimes is that they have unique like jazzy-esque um songs and, yeah, but they, and drumming. They were slowly moving away from that because of yeah. mainstream. Anyway, so Bill Bruford is the drummer for most of their life. Um not on the very first years, uh like the first I guess ten years, I would say five, six years. It's he's not there. They're current. He's currently active playing with them, right? No, no, no. He's he's um he's retired now. Okay. Uh, but he was with them throughout throughout the eighties, and then and then he started doing his his, I see his own years thing. active nineteen sixty seven to two thousand nine. So he right. stopped around two thousand nine. Yeah, so the current iteration of of King Crimson actually has like three different drummers. It gets it gets pretty crazy, but yeah, that's cool. But um, all right. So let me yeah. um, so let me key up real fast because I do want you. Um, I think you've heard a song before. So just so what is the album and the song? So this is twenty first century schizoid man. This is the one I'm pretty sure you know. I'm just, I'm just gonna play it real quick. Skip around to where the song is. No, don't skip around. Let's hear it. We're not gonna hear the whole song. Uh. I haven't heard this. Surprise. on the breakdown I 
Alright, I'm gonna start pulling back. They jam out for a while and then it just goes back into the song. I'm just, okay. I'm just surprised you you haven't you haven't heard that one. I never one. heard that one. I'm and really it su- f- sounds very 70s to me. Right, 1968. Yeah. So Be- this is not include that was, that was not Bill Bruford. This is the original lineup with uh, Greg Lake on the vocals. Uh, Greg Lake later went on to do um, Emerson, um, Megan Palmer, Park and, yeah, yeah, ELP. Right. They also did the Olympic theme. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> and. Um, uh, Robert Fripp on the guitars. Um, he, like I said, Robert Fripp is the, the main Came Crimson guy. He's the one who's been throughout the whole time. Uh, Ian McDonald, he was the one playing the sax, all different things, flute clarinet, mellotrome. He's uh, pretty multi talented. He's the one who actually w- went on to do um, F- Foreigner in 1976. So, my quick instant reaction to all that um, first time hearing uh, Schiz- Schizoman? 21st century Schizoid Man. Schizoid Man, yes. Um, I don't really like the beginning that much only because i'm not in that mood in in musically terms but i definitely appreciate it in the sense of i see what they're doing right because this is the 1960s when they uh made this song right so you could definitely i could hear influences they either they themselves influenced other other bands because i definitely hear the same sound in other bands i would listen to which yeah is this sounds like it would be like black sabbath later on yeah know? yeah and they, they um i could hear the the inspiration that other groups got from this group and i would definitely say i like the second part the breakdown a little bit more because as a musician i do like the fills that the drummer was putting in um they were all very smooth i would say they, there was no triplet part like crazy stuff like john bottom would do but i like how it's more kind of not reserved obviously he's jamming out on those fills but it's it sounds a part of the jam rather than it being like a single drum solo and then everyone else plays along with the drummer i got you so that was that was studio cut that was from the original album that that has the iconic um, guy with the ah, like, yeah, this crazy schizoid man. Yeah, it, would I go back and listen to it? Um, if I saw it now, I would give it a second listen. The whole album doesn't sound like that. There's a, a, a it changes a lot, and it's it's a really good album. Yeah. But what I really wanted to play to play play to you is the live stuff. So this is gonna be, uh, so that was 1968, 1969, actually. Um, the, uh, that was the original debut album, and then now 1971, 1972, basically. Oh, I did want to mention one thing real quick. Um, the horn section, really good. Yes, and you. It, so this next lineup is going to have more horns. Completely different band now, <laughs> uh, because everyone left to do their own thing. What year was this? This is uh, live, nineteen seventy-one. Nineteen. This is actually uh, from Ladies on the Road, Ladies of the Road. It's a live two CD set um, that was recorded. Uh, I don't know. Okay, all so over the place. Nineteen sixty-eight. The first song. 1969. 1969. This one's 1971 too. 19. This particular song is called "Pictures of a City." It's from 1972. Live 1972. All right. So that's like a three-year difference. Right. So it's still Robert Fripp on the guitar, a different vocalist and bass guitarist, Boz Burrell. Um, the sax player is Mel Collins, who is a fucking sick sax player. Oh man, he's. I, I wish he 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 played with them more because he was great. Oh, another thing I like to mention with the first song with the horns, I like the half stops they did, or like they would go do right? Yeah, I like that. I like when horns do that. That's gonna be a running yeah. theme throughout most of King Crimson that they play a. Like that's where they're kind of jazz at heart because they play a lot um, with rhythms and stuff like that. I can hear the jazz influence. That's one thing I could definitely recognize. And I just want to say this because very quickly, it may not sound something jazzy, but I can hear the, the technicality. And that mostly yes. comes from the guitarist Robert Fripp, who this guy is known for being. First of all, when he's playing live, he's not standing. He's always sitting. Yes, I can hear the technical he, um, he's always practicing always yeah. practicing he actually created his own um guitar school i can't remember it's like the, the new guitar or something he's so he's very very technical and it shows again this is a that was a recorded piece right that was a recorded but piece. but i would have to say it sounds very tight even for like something recorded i mean that may sound really dumb in the um long run and stuff but i don't know i with 
sometimes with recorded jams, they could have like a jam out and just some things kind of just slightly overpower other things or or they will boost up the guitar parts purposely just to make it more recognizable. So now let's listen to the, the quality is going to completely change, but this is live and this is a really good song. Pictures of the city. playing uh, a harmony like a minor third or something song slowly breaks down over time it's like they're falling apart mentally it's you'll see what i mean off of each other. Focus are not the best. fucking breakdown.
That's Coltrane right there. So that was, what was the name of that song? Pictures of a City. Pictures of the City. So my initial reaction is, I really like the breakdowns. I'm seeing the King Crimson breakdowns are very interesting in terms of musical style. I like the breakdowns when it's the main beat. They do a little breakdown and then come back to like another beat. I'm not a big fan of the long-winded uh, jammy parts when they do the complete breakdowns. Well, they completely broke down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when they completely break down. But that's only because it's it's an it's a band of its time. So I imagine there was like um, this is what I'm thinking about when I think about the 1970s style music and what was going on during um, that time. So there was definitely more popular songs on the radio, and a lot of bands didn't care for that type of stuff so they would purposely make these really long tracks just to say f you to the record labels i think that's why half the band left because because robert fripp wanted to do more music like this and they're like no we need to more, do more mainstream stuff yeah mainstream stuff yeah. and that's why bill brufer ended up joining them because he wanted to play music like that yeah <laughs> yeah but i see the point you know yeah. and um i'm not saying it's bad or anything because uh there's music i listen to that have that type of breakdowns and this is something definitely i'll keep an eye out for i feel like this band will have like i won't fall in love with the albums but i'll fall in love with like individual songs and stuff and maybe pieces i definitely hear the amazing musicianship right it's bluesy jazzy and it goes into like a rock theme it's almost like three songs stitched together and i really like that i i like that concept because this is the 1970s and they're challenging the notion of music at that time. Look at Frank Zappa. Um, look at Pink Floyd. This right? is also the time of fusion. Fusion, yeah. Fusion, too. Where so, it, was, it was really mixing jazz and rock. Yeah, very experimental stuff. And I hear it and I respect it. I love the drums, too. I really like the drumming on this piece. It's very, very... I like the drumming on here than I liked on the other one. Yeah, this was a guy named Ian Wallace. Because I felt this one was a little bit more technical. In turn, and I'm yeah. not saying like the other guy is bad or anything. I'm saying this one sounds like it was specifically designed to have a certain technicality with it or a certain 
you know um it was their second live it was their second live lineup so it was they were focused on live stuff yeah yeah again the long-winded jams of the complete breakdowns i'm not a big fan of but i do respect the other main melodies and main um my favorite thing was the um the chorus their choruses are really really fucking cool um and um so the vocalists always change. It's funny I, they, they they employed a lyricist, Peter Sinfe, Seinfeld. Sinfeld. I like this vocalist, and I like the other one only because it kind of reminds me of Crazy Train and Ozzy a little <laughs> bit, and I and I like Ozzy. Now we're gonna have a different vocalist. Um, I wanted to show you. Um, let me see if I can find you. This uh, I'm, I'm not gonna play you the whole thing. I, I love this song, but it's too long. It's way too long. But this vocalist, uh, let me see his name. I'm trying to remember now. Um, but I'm not gonna play the whole thing. I would listen to that song again, the one we just listened to. I, this is a song I would definitely go back and listen to. John Wetton. So once again, it, every time it's a bassist playing, uh, a, a vocalist playing the bass. So it's bassist and vocalist. So John Wetton, he's over there, but uh, he, in this video you'll see it's, it's he's a younger guy and. His, oh. his voice actually sucks. It sounds better very, on the album. Very quickly, the last song, it has more personality, I feel. Especially the beginning, it oozes with atmosphere and personality. While the last song, I felt, does have that same type of uh, energy or same type of feel. But unfortunately, it gets kind of undercut with all the really long jammy parts. So I definitely like how the second song had more of like almost like a theme to it. Right, had it had such a cool melody at the beginning. Yeah, uh, the giant parts w were personally my favorite part, but but it's it was also really catchy too. But yes, here we go. It's so very catchy. This is gonna be just I'm gonna just play a little bit of Starless. I just want to get you a feel for because here you can actually see them playing, and once again a different lineup. Um, Bill Bruford now joins the band. Uh, John Wetton on the bass and vocals, and then this is they actually have a violinist, uh, David Cross, who. What year is this? This is this is live 1974 in Paris at the ORTFTV studios, and it's funny because the the violinist is great and he plays some some keys too, but he ends up leaving because the bass and drums are just so fucking loud and he can't hear himself. <laughs> but uh, we've all heard that story yeah. before. <laughs> Here we go. This is Starless. I love the song. And oh, this is live, by the way. Yeah, it's all live, yeah. But that's the violinist, the bassist. He built Prover has a whole setup with the gongs. And Robert Fripp is playing the Mellotron. That's that really unique sound in the background. Camera man, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Did not have the best voice. He's <laughs> a great bassist though. I won't show you the, the the jammy part, but I just want to play that. Let's start real fast. 
and Bill Bruford, he has he has a YouTube page where, where he's like uploading all these old videos and he's saying in this era, um, he, he, he could see how amateur he was. Like his loud parts were too loud and his quiet parts were too quiet. Like he he didn't have the, the right dynamics. Exactly. Yeah, that's something that he learned later, you know. So he's still young here. He's still a powerhouse, but is that all? Is that all? Oh, it's like twelve minutes. I'm not gonna play the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. My initial reaction to that, uh, funny enough, I do like this. I do like the. I like when they pick a melody and and just chill with it, right? Because it gives them. It, it definitely gives the time to develop and, and evolve, right? The thing I didn't really like about this is again, I kind of hear. I guess now that you mention it, I do hear. Thinking upon the song we just heard, there are the quiet parts are too quiet. Loud parts a little bit just too loud, but um, in terms of the drums or, or just in general? Um, in general, yeah, because I, mean, I felt it's, like it, it, it's a live video, yeah, it's so, a yeah, live it's video, it's a best. given. So, <laughs> it might have been like mics or like the setup they had there just might have not been right. But I do like the violin and I do like the mood they were going for. I like that mood. And funny enough, you didn't like the singer for that part. I could definitely see why you don't like him. He sounds better on the album, but I do way better on the album. I do like the, the a little bit, I do like it a little bit. I, I do see where you're where i do hear what you hear in the sense of where the bad parts are but i also hear i also heard one part where i thought okay that wasn't too bad yeah right yeah th- th- he, that was definitely the better chops, part you know it's not like um he doesn't practice or anything no yeah, no yeah. no not at no no it's just he has a very particular kind of voice yeah i feel like he only has a one direction type of voice or one tone type of voice yeah there's a, 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 I've, I've there's a couple of live albums i've listened to where like his voice really fits it is one called um it's about it's it's a really cool song where it's it, they're singing uh, about a racehorse, but it could, the lyrics can also be I- interpreted as like um, a prostitute. Oh, and, oh no, a, a, a young girl. It's, young girl. It's really it's it's really cool lyrics, but his voice is perfect. That like that, that deep bluesy kind of like yeah, sultry yeah. voice. I like uh, I like when they do bluesy jazzy stuff. I really like that part of King Crimson. If I were gonna go out my own to find more songs like this, I would try to find songs like that, like more bluesy jazzy uh, some rock too i do know they do rock they do rock songs 1974 yeah. this is the album red this is the last album before they stopped playing for like almost a decade um basically robert fripp the main guy just kind of had like a breakdown and he just didn't want to do the band anymore Mm. He he still kept working. He was working with I think Brian Eno. He just didn't want to do it under King Crimson. Yeah, um, uh, he did um, Heroes. Uh, David Bowie. Oh yeah, yeah. He he's the one who did the uh, the, the, the guitar. Um, he was still around. He was still doing. Oh yeah, stuff. he he yeah. kept working. He he definitely kept working. This is my favorite album. This is the best album. This is like. How many albums did they do? Oh, a ton. Um, ton? This is their seventh studio album, but this is like, it has such a like, like, and I'm not really a big metal fan, but this is early metal. Like, like metalheads look at this. They should see, look at this album and be like, damn, that's, (laughs) that's like the beginning of like some real good fucking metal. And that's where What is it with metal? The big four or something, right? It's like Metallica, Megadeth. Something and two other bands. They're like the grandpas or something. I don't know. I, I have a yeah ma- family it, member who's a big metalhead, and he keeps he he loves those big four guys. Sure, in the eighties, but like yeah. you know, Kim Crimson, nineteen seventy four. Um, look at Black Sabbath. Metallica. I'm huh? pretty sure they came out in the seventies. Mm. Yeah, they're old. They're old. Nineteen eighty one is when they first oh, formed. Nineteen eighty one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. They're, they're they're old, but seventies yeah, nah, yeah. had a, it's like um, three years, right? So so they break up and then they come back together with an all new lineup. Um, he gets this is where he gets Tony Levin on the bass. He gets a young cat named um, oh my god, I can't remember. His, my brain just stops working. What's his name? I do like the sound of King Crimson. Andrew Bellu. I like the sound and 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 mood of it because I feel like. They go for it's very easy to go for those jazzy bluesy tones, but I also feel like they want to challenge themselves with these breakdowns as musicians in that sense. I don't know. That's a feeling I get when I hear the few clips you gave me. And that's what makes that's what I like about King Crimson. They keep changing. They are still 
reaching for something different and like trying to push the envelope. Yeah. So so the 80s definitely it pushed the envelope. They got more technical, but they also got more melodic and, and mainstream in oh, a way. Okay. So you have uh, um, with this guy Adrian Bellu. He's he, he has a great voice, um, has some beautiful songs. He's also a fucking monster guitarist. He's known for making these crazy sounds with his guitar. Would you say he's underrated? I would say so. I mean, yeah. um, he was uh, when when he was a, a young guy. He he would play with Frank Zappa. There's a funny story where um, David Bowie stole him from Frank Zappa, and Frank was basically like, "Fuck you, Bowie! <laughs> you stole yeah. this great guitarist from me." Um, he played with the um, with the Talking Heads. Oh, I like the Talking point. Heads. Yeah, in, in in like the early '80s, and then um, and then he was with King Crimson and. I'm going to show you a couple of videos. This is from Live in Japan, 1984. Uh, it's a I would love to find this DVD, whatever it is. It's called Three of a Perfect Fair. Perfect Pair. And let's Would just, this be the whole song or just a little jam moment? I don't want to play too long. Um, I'm going to play one of the more softer songs. This is a beautiful song. It's called Mate Kudasai. have Robert Fripp playing the the chords and Adrian doing the um, crazy sound of his guitar. Kudasai is Japanese for wait, please. She sleeps in a chair in her same America. When was a night so My initial reaction to that is my initial reaction to that. I like the 
guitarist in the background or the one who's doing the melody. I think I like that part way more. Um, yeah, I'm oh, not I a would agree. huge fan agree. of this. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of slide guitar. Just it's just a sound I just don't really enjoy that much. I could see him working incorporated it in, and it is it does sound pleasant and good. But this is just a personal taste type of thing. I'm not a huge slide guitar guy, uh, but I like bluesy slide guitar in the sense of the old school blues type of thing. I like that sound when it's like an on acoustic guitar with a slide. I like that sound of acoustic. Not that I'm saying this doesn't this sounds bad. I got you. It's your it's personal wrong. preference. It's I just you. a personal preference. Yeah, I like the back the. The melody guitar that yeah i'm no. listening to that more and i'm hearing more technicality in that in the sense of you hear do the little melodies and he does like a stop and then continues again i i like that part yeah and he's only able to do that because the rest of the band is so tight yeah yeah exactly they're like all, everything's on point to the non-musicians out there this is very tight because he has to fit the voice and he has to fit the slide guitar. Yeah. And the oh, thing yeah. I always find problems with jamming with people with slide guitar is that sometimes they do it too much and it leaves too much of an impression and it echoes really strong. So that could kind of mess with the melody a bit. Um, because these guys are technical musicians in the sense of they probably play jazz and blues and that type of genre of music as an upbringing. Again, this is coming from ignorance. I don't know much about the band, but I could definitely hear their technicality. I well, they practice that. a lot. Yeah, they, they practice, practice a lot. A lot. Um, I, I've seen, I've read a couple of things on Adrian when he joined the band. Um, he was basically like overwhelmed because it was just like you have to practice like a motherfucker. And it was Maybe just, that's why King Crimson had hey, uh, hiatus, right? I had hiatus, yeah. Yeah, hiatus because you could demand perfection. But unfortunately, some people will not achieve what your exact image is. Could be. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not too sure how it was in the 70s. I think also Robert Fripp was having like a kind of like a mental breakdown, just like overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. A lot very overwhelmed. Probably, yeah. But um, let's, I'm going to play you. Now it's going to be um, a lot more. Um, All right. And this will be the last song. Be the last song. Yes. Uh, three of a perfect pair. So. Very quickly, the years that you showed me so far is like 19... So we did 1969-1971-1972-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1974-1
He's having fun, man. <laughs> I like that that song way better, but not for the reasons that I think you might think. Um, I do like the guitar. It's really, it's really melodic. It's yeah, just, it's really melodic. That's, that's what I like about um, it. I, it's, it's, a, it's a melody that sounds like it's constantly building on itself. And I guess that's a result of having the different time signatures because it sounds like it's constantly building up, right? My favorite thing about it is the uh, bass player playing that weird instrument because he's putting a lot of attack Mm-hmm. On his on his hitting because I feel like he thumps it at least a couple times. I I heard a thump for sure. And for those not musically inclined, attack is how hard you hit or how hard or how hard you strum something. Well, that's how you get a strong attack. Att- yeah. att- attack is like the initial sound, the the initial intensity of the sound. Yeah. So if you like strum the guitar really hard like really hard you, you, you get you hear the heart attack yeah and, and and then you could change that with a compressor by like cutting off the start of of, of the attack so you don't hear the the hard part you just hear the sound kind of like come in a second after like half a second after yeah but the live version you definitely hear those, oh yeah, those yeah. hard parts and and you I, want it because it's rhythmic. no no it's really you, good rhythmic. that's why i'm bringing it up because it's not like he's going crazy on it it's just like the attack is at the right moment of the song it's like the beat gets to the peak and then the bass kind of brings it down, but grounds it in the sense of like it brings it back. It makes sure it doesn't go too far out in terms of melody and the actual song. I like how the attack kind of grounds it a bit because when you hear the do, 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 and then I hear pump, right? But it's on purpose, right? It, it, he's putting that extra attack to like to ground, ground the people. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I li- that's why I'm liking this song more because as it was playing, I, I I was listening to the guitar and I'm like, all right, you know, I like this, right? But then I hear those attack little moments and I see him doing the other shit on the piano, yeah, on yeah. the piano, <laughs> and I'm like trying to listen to his part, right? And I, I'm not saying the whole song isn't bad. I really like I like the 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 guy sitting too because he's like chucking, but like he's like hitting the note holding it and then going to chuck real quick and then like hit the note again. Like, I don't know what that's called, but, um, it, it sounds really good with the effects that are upon that guitar sound. Right. It sounds all, it sounds different, but it's, as you said, you know, it's on different time signatures and that's, that's why it's like that. The tones might be slightly different, but just because when you do stuff like that, you would want at least a lower tone, to like battle to um to play off when they're on like a little bit higher it's like you just go a, a lower setting or something or a little bit higher and that's exa- i think exactly why tony levin was doing that that hard attack at certain points because that was signifying the one or the five or whatever yeah so so then the, 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 they would all stay s- synchronized yeah it's very important when you do live shows to remember you know of course a lot of people say oh i think of the time in my head or something but sometimes when i play i look at like the bass player or guitar player you to, to be signify me. yeah you gotta yeah, be in to, sync for to sure. let me know what's going on for sure for sure so yeah I, i'm glad you like that song because that is a good example of like they did three albums in this in, in this era of, of king crimson and that song is a good example of what most of the song most of the albums sound like yeah i um i like that sound if i had to rate it real quick i would say this one's like the top one and it would just be literally reverse order what you show me. Schizo Man would be at the bottom. Not that I'm saying it's a bad song. It's just like, for my taste, I like this style. Because one, they're playing with different time signatures. And I like music that plays with different time signatures. I like how the drums are not going, filling and going crazy with this one, right? I mean, it's not supposed to. 
right? But in the sense of I, I like how he's playing the different time signature and it's it goes well together. It sounds like I'm climbing up or and it has good momentum too. Yeah, and then real quick, there are other, are other songs that 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 go heavier. Like this song, real quick, just just play a minute, real quick. That's attack right there. Yep. Well, he's playing the bass this time. This is why I like this bass player. He's awesome. trying to do feedback <laughs> I would never do that my guitar oh my god break the fucking neck <laughs> Alright, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> I like the melodies more than the uh, little breakdowns, but but I really like the bass player. When he's playing bass, it's it's so good, right? Because he just hits everything just with the right amount of energy. Yeah, Tony Levin, he's the best man. Yeah, I really like um for those who don't know much about bass playing, when you um when you hit it with your thumb, you could also pluck the bass string to make like that 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 pop sound. And I really like I like his sound when he does that. I don't know what it is. I've heard other thumpers and thumpers. people do like a slap bass and stuff, but I, I really like his his slapping. The thumpers. Yeah. <laughs> All well, right, that's so what they used to be called back in the 70s and stuff. That was uh, my excursion into some of King Crimson, uh, one of my favorite bands, just because they're so crazy and you see it's very musically diverse. Very diverse. And like they, I, like I said, like like even that first album, not all the songs sound like that. Uh, the other songs really kind of like they get very like not orchestraic, but it's just Robert Fripp is a, is an excellent writer. Like like he he he, he, he plays he plays these beautiful chords, beautiful melodies, and it's just the best. Yeah, I definitely hear the experience. I definitely hear that. I mean, this band incorporates really good musicians. To be able to sound very tight like that and to play around with different sounds. You have to have a band that's flexible and a musician that are willing to push the boundaries of what is music. Yeah. For the love of the music. Anyway, that's what we're going to end with today. If I had to give a rating, I'm going to say I'm definitely going to listen to some more King Crimson. Sounds good. And then hopefully for our next time for tunes, you bring some live music for me as well. Yeah, I would probably just do one song or one performance because I like doing one song because I like finding the epitome, in my opinion, like the, the point where the band is at its highest. Yeah, and that's impossible with them because you see that. It's... Yeah, they're very diverse. Right. I, there is a very diverse nature to them. They're almost like David Bowie. You know, David Bowie, He um he's so different from his... Ziggy Stardust to um, what other personas does he have? It's Ziggy Stardust, um, Aladdin has... Insane, Aladdin Insane, or whatever. Yeah, 
but yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, he has a, he's a, like a, a they're like musical chame- chameleons. Yes. Yeah, they're able to adapt. They're able to challenge. And even his last album was was very different too. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to uh, do, do Prince. Yes, I would like to do Prince. I've been recently listening to more Prince because I've only known his popular songs, and I just forgot how good of a musician he is. He's for a while he was like the top person in music or something like billboards and whatnot did his anniversary or something come up because i, I saw i was at Publix and i saw that like time magazine prince no oh, no i don't know i don't know much about that but he he must have died no it was back in april yeah but he's is a great musician talk about one of those innovators in music yeah, so please, um, I've never, I've, I've listened to Prince, but I've never got really into Prince, so I hope you bring some good music to listen to. Yeah, again, I'm going to try to just stick to one that works. song that I think will just be, like, the epitome. Whatever you bring, just yeah. bring the best, Marcus. Yeah, I will. Don't settle for less. But it's hard, you know, Prince, it's like, it's kind of like uh, King Crimson. He didn't, he went through different changes, but when he found the sound that he really liked, he just stuck with it, right? He also pioneered a lot of drummers too, like a lot of uh, other musicians that went on to do their own great solo works. All right, so let's log off. And that uh, was time for tunes. That was time for tunes. Minor details. Our second edition. Kim Crimson. I'm your host, Chimp. And this is Marcus. Music Same man, bye-bye. Marcus. Listen to more music. Open Free Thinkers. Find more music. Don't forget to visit us at audioghost.miami. Send us some love. Stream some sets. Peace. Bye-bye.